This is Minnesota Liberty, brought to you by the Libertarian Party of Minnesota, bringing you peace, prosperity, and freedom from the land of 10,000 lakes. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Minnesota Liberty. I'm here with Joey Gamash. How are you doing tonight, Joey? I'm doing well. And yourself? Wonderful. And uh, tonight we will be joined by Dan Garsha, the Outreach Director of LPMN. And before we get started, want to talk about a few events coming up. we got Minneapolis Street Cleanup coming up on Saturday, August 19th at 9 a.m., meeting at Minneapolis Urban League. Uh, I think there's one of our affiliates have got a uh, highway cleanup designated for them. Also, Beltrami County LPMN affiliate starting uh, uh, Saturday, that's been meeting, but on Saturday the 19th, meeting at Bridget's Pub, Beltrami County LPMN affiliate. Then on Sunday, August 20th, join the party for the virtual meet and greet. I believe that is a Zoom meeting going on uh, every week to get familiar with some folks in the Minnesota Libertarian Party. And then Thursday, August 24th, starts the Minnesota Great Sweat Together, the State Fair. And uh, we're definitely still looking for some volunteers to work that LPMN booth for our party members. So please join us. So without further ado, let's bring in back Joey and then bring in Dan Garsha. Welcome, Dan. How you doing? Very good. How you gentlemen doing? Not too Very bad. Good. Not too bad. Good. Good to hear. So Dan is, you are the outreach director for our party. Is that a new committee type uh, um, program that we're working on for the party? Yeah, it's, it's a, the, the committee has been around for a while, but it's a relatively, I guess, new formed team. Um, we've had kind of the idea of the committee for some time, but just, I guess, more recently, we've actually had the members to be able to put a team together, actually be able to fill the outreach division there. So, um, yeah, they had kind of tapped me on the shoulder. I had been part of the party for over the last decade, um, was looking to get more active within the party, the opportunity kind of presented itself and I was more than happy to kind of jump all over it. So outreach right. director, here I am. Yeah, buddy. So yeah. yes, talking about 10 years in the party, when I joined just a couple years ago, I was told, hey, Dan Garsha is the uh, CD4 affiliate chair. And uh, I know Dan Garsha. We were yeah. North St. Paul grads together, that's, man. That's that, right. this is, it's a small world when I joined the party and saw you're my my fearless leader for CD4 <laughs> affiliate, and uh, it's scary, but... way back. Yes. Now tell tell us about you know how how you got into it ten years ago, right? Sure. That sounds like you're quite a, a Ron Paul type of guy, I'm sure, right? Just like most of us, yeah, had a boy. That's coming through there or not? But yeah, he was definitely probably the most influential person that really kind of got me politically involved and definitely brought me into kind of the libertarian party. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, as you know, you and I graduated from North St. Paul. Um, I was never involved or interested at all in politics. 
Um, I came from the left, pretty blue collar. My mom was a waitress. My dad was an iron worker, union guy. Um, all I'd ever really known, graduated from public schools, St. Cloud, a state college was liberalism. And I, I mean, I was a true lefty, probably graduated the college of socialists. I didn't know it maybe necessarily at the time. I wasn't a card carrying socialist, but just kind of looking back at my inklings and the way I would tend to kind of vote, you know, I was definitely every bit of the tax the rich and, you know, redistribute the wealth and stuff like that. And it was really just based on my overall ignorance of um, economics and just, you know, I was always very just socially open and socially liberal and didn't really want anybody telling me how to live my life. Um, but just never really took the time to truly understand kind of the outcomes of maybe some of these economic policies that were kind of put into place and never really took the time to kind of understand it. So bottom line, just had more kind of socialist leanings and um, ultimately it wasn't really until I got married and became a father that I really just started to kind of question things. Um, Joey, you may, I'm sure, find out sometime here soon. TJ, as you well know, I mean, becoming a father certainly changes the way you look at everything. And it just changed my outlook on everything. And it was the first time in my life where I had just been kind of living the bachelor life and really had never questioned a future outside of my own. And had kids and that was the first time I really became concerned with leaving a future better than mine for my children really led me to start asking some deep probing questions and the answers I was getting didn't sit well with me the more I asked the more I kind of came to find out well maybe I'm not a democrat maybe I'm not a liberal what do they really truly stand for and more importantly what do I truly stand for and probably spent a couple of years doing some deep soul searching, asking a lot of questions, doing a lot of research and looked into just Republicans. And, you know, there were some things that I agreed with, but a lot of things I didn't. And I was like, all right, I'm not that. Looked into socialism, fascism, communi communism, and just really trying to get a good understanding as to where things sit. Because ultimately, um, I ended up walking away from the Democratic Party in 2008 after voting for Obama. And I had really bought into kind of the hope and change. He looked different. He sounded different. He was anti-war. I was anti-war. Um, he said everything that I thought sounded good. And then he got into office and it was just the same old crap. Can we swear? Can we swear on here? I don't see why not. We're libertarians, man. All right, right, right. Same old shit. It was just the same old shit. So I was like... If, if I was hoodwinked at this age, at this time, obviously I don't understand what the hell is going on. I need to figure things out for myself, for my family, for my children. And ultimately, again, that's when I just did some deep soul searching, researched everything, came across libertarianism. It just spoke to my soul, spoke to a place that I didn't even know existed. And it just kindled like a flame that I was just like, I had never heard of it. And I was just like, how this is based on just the fundamental principles of our country of freedom and liberty, how I've not have even, ever even heard of this as a grown adult going through 12 years of a public education, graduated from a state college, and I didn't even know what a libertarianism, libertarian was. It just amazed me. And that's when I decided I need to do something. I just wanted to get 
a platform. I just wanted to go to the tallest mountain and just scream just to try and get the messaging out there. And um, that was when I decided to get active within the um, Libertarian Party. Again, this is over 10 years ago. The party was nothing to where it is now. We certainly didn't have a podcast or anything like that back then. Um, it was literally a, a, a party of about five people. And I don't know if you guys know Bob Odin or not, but he was one of the OGs of the party. And we had like monthly meetings in his living room. And there's literally like four or five of us. And that consisted of the entire state party. Um, and then that's when I started becoming chair of the CD, uh, CD4 here in St. Paul. Um did that for a couple of years, loved it, really just saw the party start to grow and mature. Um, Chris Holbrook was part of CD4. He came to one of our meetings with a little pen and paper and was like, what is this little libertarianism thing? And, you know, within like the next year, he was running for governor and then he was chair of the party and just really kind of seen the party kind of grow and mature to kind of where it is today. But at the same time, after a couple of years, um, my kids were growing up a little bit. They were getting busy with sports and school and that. And I just didn't really have the time to really kind of put into it what I really thought it warranted and needed to be chair of my CD. And I thought somebody else that had more time would probably be better fitting for that position. So I had stepped away. And, and honestly, too, it was like it was creating a little bit of a conflict within my family, my marriage, not that it was a big issue, but at the same time, it wasn't like an issue my wife was on board with or that she was a card carrying libertarian or anything by any means. So um, just decided, you know, maybe 10 plus years ago, you know, I'm a little paranoid. Maybe things aren't quite as bad as I think they are, you know, maybe I'll just kind of sit back, focus on my family, focus on my kids and, see where things go and hopefully whatever 10 years down the road things will kind of fix themselves and we're heading in the right direction well fast forward where we are now today and shit's in a place that i never could have imagined where i thought i was paranoid over 10 years ago um i left the party in 2008 the democratic party never could i have imagined that they would have turned in i thought they were you know undercover communist come to find out they're undercover fascist communists. I don't even know exactly what they would fascist kind of leanings with a communist undertone. I don't Seems know. How just they, authoritarian. Really. Yeah, That's go. where they become the, the duopoly, the uniparty. Exactly. Where it's there. They just want authority over yes. somebody else. Yes. And, and yeah. that's at the time. That's what I would always kind of say is like, um, you know, Democrats in time will show their two true communist colors. Republicans will become irrelevant because they're just spineless. And at the end of the day, it'll become a fight between libertarians and liberals and communists at the end of the day. And that's still, for the most part, come true. Um, but again, too, I was just a little bit surprised to see that the, the Democrats would really just um, side with corporate, whatever, crony capitalism, and, and really just kind of, I, I always, again, 10 years ago, that was the right wing. When, when I stood up against Republicans, it was because they're anti-free speech. You know, I was, grew up in the 90s, I was whatever, kind of a hip hopper, and they were trying to silence all my favorite rappers, you know, NWA, stuff like that, and 
Um, they were obviously George W. Bush, Iraq, stuff like they were just pro-war. And it was just like, all right, those are the enemy. Well, fast forward, whatever, where we are now, and the roles have completely switched. Now that's the Democratic Party that's anti, you know, free speech and pro-war and just whatever, you know, crony capitalists and part partnering with um, corporations to just do their bidding and silence everybody and screw yeah, man. the middle class out and um, ultimately, yeah, decided I needed to get back act big back active again. Um, not that things had gotten any better, but they got much worse than I could have ever imagined and got back in within the CD, became chair of CD4 again, did that for a couple of years, was able to grow that, was able to identify great candidates like TJ Hawthorne, willing and ready to run for office. And it's it's stuff like that really that really kind of invigorates me and keeps me motivated and keeps me going. Um, and then again, the opportunity came uh, full circle here to become outreach director. And, and I jumped at that. And I guess that's what leads me here to this podcast here today. I guess if that's a long story longer given to you there, but that's kind of my background and how I got here today. That's a great story, Dan. And, and really, I think many of us, we have one of two stories. We right. either came from the left or came from the right. And we've, we were politically homeless when, hey, what is a libertarian? Just like you said, and, and we're going to go into this outreach in a second, but just like you said, your cousin Eric is one of my best friends, and that's how, yeah. that's how I knew you. And recently he's interested in this because he's realizing, you know, there's a lot of folks waking up. And he said, dude, how come I don't know what a libertarian is? Why, exactly. I, and he's not uninformed. He just... Right if you don't see, so that comes to where we're at this outreach. Right. And so, yeah, uh, I think we can all agree that we have these voices on the left and the right that are so loud. And, and you have these, I really think they're fringe, even though they're so loud, right. The Republicans yep. and Democrats that are on these news channels and saying, this is what's happening. It's like, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but I think our outreach really needs to focus on probably a good 75% of our population doesn't pay attention to that BS. Right. And, and we really should, we, I believe we should uh, con try to contact these folks that are just watching football or just want to fix their car or just want to raise their family in, in peace and that's the only way you get production is by being able to do what you want to do in peace. And um, so what do we have? Um, what are some ideas or some things that we might think of to, to do some outreach? You know, obviously our state fair is the biggest one. I, yes. I, I think that's, um, I mean, that's coming up 10 days not, or eight, nine, eight days from now. Yeah. Something like that. We're right around a week. It's it's right around the corner here. But yeah, yeah obviously that's kind of first and foremost is just kind of getting ready for that. Um, you know, I've, I've volunteered for that multiple times over the last decade. And I can tell you, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was a lot more confrontational. Um, the last couple of years, um, it's been extremely refreshing where I've had the most positive conversations from people from both the left and the right, to your point, TJ, there, that I think are just, 
the vast majority are disenfranchised. You know, they're not happy with either party, but it's the vocal minority. It's those fringe 20, 30% that just kind of have the microphone and people think they're their majority because they're, they yell and scream the loudest. But the vast majority, I think of us sit in the middle, the 60, 70%. And that's kind of what I'm trying to kind of focus on and trying to kind of wrap my head around is how we can get to that 60, 70%. Because I know, I mean, we're the third largest party, you know, in the country. We're the fastest growing party in the country. Yet the vast majority of people don't even know who we are and never even heard of us. And that's not by accident. That's very much well by design. Um, but that's one of the obstacles and challenges that we've got to figure out how to overcome. And that's what I'm trying to kind of figure out is just that, is how to overcome that. Um, obviously, it's events like the State Fair that is just one of our primary methods of just really boots on the ground, getting in front of as many people as possible and just spreading the message of freedom and liberty as to how we can kind of kindle that flame into the individuals that then will go in and carry that torch, just like it happened to me, just like Ron Paul did for me. And here I am um, trying to do everything possible to kind of carry that torch. It's just trying to kind of find that one individual that we can kind of light that flame and then they'll kind of carry it on and, and do their own research and figure it out. And then just like we did, you know, want to scream from, from the largest mountain of the message of freedom and liberty is to the alternative to the authoritarian nightmare that we're heading towards um so yeah that that's kind of what i'm really kind of focused on what we're trying to kind of figure out within outreach um first and foremost is just that how do we get the message out there to the masses um we've got a couple of different ideas around both um getting to the youth i think that's probably one of the most important things is just obviously firsthand experience um graduating within the public schools and a state college you know the ideas and principles of this country, the ideas and principles of freedom and liberty, the the ideas and principles of libertarianism was never discussed, never really taught, never really, you know, it was just the two-party duopoly, and that was it. Those are our only two options. Um, so we need to change that desperately, because by the time the kids get out of high school or college, they're already trapped in that kind of duopoly mindset that it's one or the other or brainwashed into thinking that anything else is a wasted vote. And that's what we got to kind of try and, you know, beat that as early as possible to get to the youth and let them know as early as possible. And I think the youth are kind of naturally want to push back against the system they naturally want to kind of push back against authority. And when we give them a legitimate platform and option to do so, naturally they're going to gravitate towards it. And I think ultimately, again, too, why it's by design, they're not given that option, why they're not taught that option. So we're trying to kind of figure out how we can get a presence within kind of on uh, the college campuses. Um, but obviously more importantly to try and even figure out where we can possibly get them earlier within like high school programs, after school programs, um, anything like that where we can just get the youth in a kind of open, neutral kind of environment, whether it's holding some kind of whatever, 
skateboard competition or a concert or anything like that, just to be able to get them together and in, in, in one kind of setting like that, where again, it's not overtly political, but then just to be able to kind of talk to them about these principles and ideas, just to again, let them know that there are other options out there. Um, and then just kind of feed them what they need to be able to get excited and want to go back and do some of their own research and learn for themselves. You know, again, if I want to push back against the system, well, I can't become part of the system to be able to push back against it. Here's a true alternative to push back against it, a true legitimate option and tool to be able to push back against it. I mean, ultimately, we're all fighting for their future. Um, if we give them the tools to fight for their own future, I think they're going to be more than apt to do so. We just got to give them those tools. We got to give them that messaging. So that's what we're trying to kind of figure out is first and foremost, how can we get the messaging of liberty, freedom, and libertarianism to the youth before they get to the, you know, public schools and colleges and turn into socialists, communists. Don't don't start sounding like a groomer here, Dan. We don't right. want to get too much no. towards the youth, but but I, I see what you're saying. I, I agree that the the message I think the message is clear. It just it, the the highway, the data highways for it to be read and, and observed right. are being shut down. Like you said, it's not a mistake. It's not it's yeah. by design yeah. that folks don't want to hear us. And it's it is very sad when I do mention, yeah, I'm a libertarian. I'm running for state representative as a libertarian. Now, what? And they laugh because it's well, you got no chance. It's like but you just agreed with everything I said. And you said, exactly. and you know how many folks say, well, I would vote for you if I could, right? Because I'm just my own district. But it is very interesting when you hear all these folks agree with everything I say. When, when, when I do get to talk, because I definitely hold back a lot because I don't want to piss anybody off. To an extent, if the, if the, if the conversation is happening, it, I'm going to talk. But yeah. I didn't. I have a hard time just not bringing up how crappy the state is with any conversation. So sometimes I do have to hold myself back and yes. and try to, because I do think everybody needs to hear this message that we're all being screwed by these folks that are running these corporations and the government. And there's only a couple ways to, to fix it in peacefully is the best way obviously. Absolutely. And so uh, you got anything to add, Joey? You want to pipe in and uh, holler at Dan Garsha? Well, uh, one thing I wanted to do is clear up uh, a little bit of information about the State Fair. We have three t-shirt designs this year, two of which are brand yes. new to the party. So I'm very excited about that. Um, the fair runs from the 24th through the 4th. So that's uh, Thursday, August 24th through monday september 4th and the party's booth is going to be open from 9 a.m to 9 p.m so anywhere within that window if you want to come up and say hi uh take the political quiz uh do a meet and greet look at our merch buy some of it uh join have any samples? Be awesome huh? have any samples of the t-shirts to show us uh uh not right this second but i think anthony our executive director is putting together an email to go out to our membership. Uh, if you're on our mailing list or if you become a member, you'll get that email and you'll get to take a sneak peek at our t-shirts. Um, we've also got some cool button designs. 
one thing that I wanted to say is um, I'm not super familiar with it, but I know there's an organization called the uh, uh, Libertarian Youth Caucus, which mm -hmm. is not a, a caucus by the strict definition, by my understanding, but it's an organization that is attempting to form a community of college students and professionals that are libertarians or are friendly with libertarian ideals. Right. So I think it'd be, uh, Dan, I can actually pass some information to you offline here about that. Yes, and maybe you can get in communication with them and see if we can get something going with them. Yep. Yeah, that, that's that awesome. Be, yeah, that, that, that would be awesome. Because again, that's, that's going to be key. You know, I see some of the different things, say like uh, Turning Point has been doing and whatever. You know, obviously they're very Republican leaning, but I mean, just the movement that they've been able to grow on college campuses um, I, there's something to be said as far as just, I think the desperation of the youth to have kind of that alternative messaging to be able to push back against whatever this status quo is that's being forced down their throat, where again, if we were able to, I think, provide even a more free, consistent principled message of freedom and liberty, not just the Republican version of it, but in a true pure version of it, of libertarianism. Um, I think that would just take hold really quick. So yeah, if you've got any information on that, Joey, please pass it over. I'd love to love to start digging in on that. So yeah, I went to a, a Yale Young Americans mm -hmm. for Liberty yep. event yep. last yep. summer. Uh, I really was Oh, my eyes were opened all the whole campaign last year as far as how um, I don't even know how to say it. So I went down there thinking this was a whole libertarian party event and realizing there's a lot of Republicans. Right. And so that made me real. OK, so these are the folks that are actually the rhinos that right when they're saying, right. no, you're a libertarian, but you're Republican in name. Right. So. You're 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 the rhino, and you need to becoming a libertarian. And yes. I think we've got a couple. I know that our chairwoman um, yep. has come over from the yep. Republican yep. Party because she realizes that it's a uh, a stinky end, logical conclusion <laughs> that this is where you have to end up. And we are are a group of individuals, and that's where you're getting these caucus movements and things like that. And yep different affiliates, but I think it's okay. And uh, I really hope we can definitely get along with each other, but that's <clears throat> inter-party stuff, whatever. But, uh, but but just to kind of piggyback off that, it, it's really <coughs> not. And that is just a, a two other points um, off of outreach, but that's a big part of it too, is um, we've got our coalition coordinator that's within outreach here as well. And that's a big part of what we're trying to kind of do is find some of these other liberty-minded kind of groups and build kind of those coalitions with it, within them. So whether it is Turning Point or Moms for Liberty or y'all or whatever it is, you know, it's just, you know, we need a big tent right now. We need to be able to find anybody that's sympathetic to the message of liberty and freedom and willing to kind of hear us out. Um we need to be willing to build coalitions with those people because down the road, those are going to be the people that will eventually become um, libertarians because 
Republicans right now are bottom line. They're they're the low hanging fruit. If it wasn't for Trump, um, I think our, our party would probably be double what it is right now because most people left Republican Party for Trumpism. Um, but if it wasn't for Trump, they would have came over to the Libertarian Party because the Republican Party is just spineless. It's nothing. It's di- liberal light, basically. And that's yeah. that's why Democrats have control over everything, because Republicans have never put up a roadblock to anything because they're just spineless and cowards. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is find these other liber- liberty minded groups to build these coalitions with, both because our Libertarian Party, uh, LPMN, has specific pieces of legislation we're looking to push um, that will relate to anybody that is liberty-minded. So we need to build these coalitions with anybody, Democrat or Republican, just so happens that obviously most of them are going to lean Republican, but we need to be able to build those coalitions to be able to help push some of this legislation through. So that's a big part of what we're doing right now, too, is finding some of these groups, identifying some of these groups, and just networking with them and building some of those coalitions. So that's kind of the three-pronged attack we're looking at within outreach is, again, focusing on the youth first and foremost, because I know our enemies, and I hate to kind of call them that, but that's ultimately kind of where things have gotten. Um, but they're targeting the youth, obviously, and it's for obvious reasons, because if you win the youth, you win the future, and they're well on their way of doing that. We need to put a stop to that real quick, or things are going to get even more ugly than they already are real quick, because the youth are being brainwashed in this stuff. They're graduating the colleges with these ideas. They're getting into corporations, and we're seeing the woke corporations take effect from it. So we need to change that mindset as soon as possible. Prong number two would be the coalition piece of it, You know, finding these liberty-minded groups and building those coalitions to foster that future libertarian but also too when it comes time to pushing this legislation through that we've got the support across the board and we've got that big tent um of members willing and able to help support and push our legislation through and then kind of our third and final part that we're really kind of focused on is quite honestly um diversifying we need to get outside of the typical, and I hate to say it, whatever, but, you know, we're a very primarily white party. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. It's not by whatever fault of anybody is, but it's just what it is. Um, And we need to change that. So we're very focused on that. We've got um, one of our uh, coalition coordinators up north, She's working on gaining access within uh, the reservations to um, start building some coalition uh, with Native Americans. Obviously, we think we've got a natural ally with them. I think if anybody has any more of a reason to distrust government, I can't think of a group more willing than Native Americans. I mean, they've got hundreds of years of examples as to why not to trust governments. Name any minority group. It, well, that's just it. That honestly, that's that's the second part. Is we've got another coordinator that's uh, Hispanic, and she's going after the Hispanic group for the same reason. It's just they're natural allies. They just again, these people have never heard the message of libertarianism. And once we get it in front of them and explain why they shouldn't trust government, obviously light bulbs are going to go off because they know firsthand why they shouldn't trust government. And then myself being in uh, interracial marriage. 
Um, being in the Twin Cities, that's my primary focus in the Twin Cities here is, is getting in front of as many um, African-American black groups as possible and explaining to them why the Demo Democratic Party is actually destroyed black culture, destroyed um, the black family. And that was one of the biggest eye-opening issues for me is when I walked away from the Democratic Party and really took the time to learn economics and, you know, was just finding and coming across Milton Friedman. And that led me to von Mises and that led me to Hayek and that led me through Rothbard. And then that got me full circle to Thomas Sowell and Walter E. Williams, who are a couple of the most prominent successful black economists ever and yet most black people have never even heard of them again which that's isn't the right. that's yeah. the travesty right there is that yeah. thomas soul can articulate some of that stuff granted i don't i'm not that i don't come from that background but the way he says it makes so much more sense and like yeah. you said the both of our republican and democrat party have been literally creating the systemic racism that they're yes. both trying to bitch about you know thinking yes. earlier as i was thinking about when you know hey we got dan on the show tonight and thinking of growing up you and i grew up where colorblind was the thing that it just didn't matter it was never yes. a thing so when we talk about well diversity equity equity and inclusion or whatever the uh dei and that stuff makes me cringe so much. Yep. And, and even, you know, talking about having an outreach to these communities, it's kind of makes me feel like, well, are we playing the same game? But actually, like you said, hey, just throw some seeds out there and watch the light yes. bulbs turn on. And I, that's yes. how I feel about all of our movement. Yes. That's how I yeah. feel. It definitely happened to me. It happened to a lot of us. Yes. No. It just yeah. has to spread like that. Yeah, no, I mean, to your point is I, I've seen it firsthand within my own family, uh, within my own children, um, you know, call it whatever CRT or whatever that was the boogeyman of a year or two ago. But I mean, regardless, there was a lot of truth behind what that was and what that had been doing to the youth and specifically what it had been doing to black youth and what i had seen firsthand is how it was essentially handicapping them by teaching them that they're victims yeah versus again you know having every opportunity awarded to them if they're willing to kind of work for it and that was just kind of again just based on i was just fortunate that i had kind of already had come across people like thomas soul so when, you know, a lot of these um, issues kind of came to the forefront within my family, within my kids, within my wife, um, I was able to at least provide to them context and perspective around it where they at least had a well-rounded outlook on it versus, again, just believing in the fact that America was systemically racist. They were going to always be at a disadvantage and there was nothing that they would ever be able to do to get around that. Um, I never raised them to be victims. Um, I always raised them to be individuals. I always raised them to be leaders and just to be strong, independent, free thinkers. And both of my kids are extremely successful academically, socially, um, you know, 
academic or, or athletically. They, they're, they're, you know, my son graduated um, with a baseball scholarship. My daughter's on her way to a gymnastics scholarship. Um, but it wasn't because I raised them handicapped, thinking they were at a disadvantage, thinking that they were a victim. I raised them to believe that they could conquer any situation, that life was going to throw at them hurdles, that was going to throw at them obstacles, because anybody and everybody is going to come across that within life. But if you raise them to be strong individuals, they're going to be able to overcome that no matter what their skin color is. And they were able to do so. It wasn't that we didn't face racism. Of course, we did. Um, but we were able to overcome it. it. It was just an obstacle, like everything else, that they were able to hop right over. It wasn't anything. It wasn't a roadblock by any means that held them be back or held them behind. They flourished amongst their white peers. And, you know, it was just most of their friends. I, I look at them like, you know, I'm just like, I feel bad for them. <laughs> or it's like, these poor kids, you know, they're, they're struggling out there. It's just, it, it's really tough for kids right now because they're just being fed such lies. Yeah. The BS is strong. The propaganda yes. is yes. definitely strong to make them yes. believe that entitlement, right? That's what, you know, a few years ago when the millennials were coming in, it was, Oh, millennials are so entitled and, some individuals that are stuck in these echo chambers, yes, they are definitely feeling that and, and hollering and becoming the Karens of today and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, it's they're the fringies that are loud. Right. You really can run into uh, a whole bunch of people throughout the day that if you really had a chance to sit down with them, they wouldn't believe in a lot of the BS that you hear Rachel Maddow spewing or whoever, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. I don't know. A lot of it's the repetition, right? Of the, the, and you, the, the local news can be just as guilty when you're talking in the, in the commercials and all that stuff. Now, granted, not many folks watch regular network TV nowadays. So the commercials, when you do, I mean, when I do, when I'm at wheel fortune, usually is usually the only thing I watch on the network TV, but, uh, watching the commercials are it's it's amazing when yeah. you when you do think about that and sure the podcast yeah i mean it, it it's like it said I, I can't hardly even really blame millennials because i mean they're just being taught that from you know the generations before them they're just i hate to say it whatever but victims of that circumstance but they are being hit from every angle i mean the educational system is fully indoctrinated in this stuff. So they're getting hit in that 24-7 in schools. Like you said, if they get home at all and turn on the news or whatever, just turn on television, every commercial, news, everything is just beating them down with the same messaging. Um, so that's just that's just it. Is they just need to know that, you know, this isn't reality. Just turn off the TV, walk out of your school, you know, just go to the... Sh- Touch grass. Yes. Go walk through your neighborhood. Go to the state fair. Go to the local mall. Whatever. Ninety nine point nine of the people, percent of the people out there, live in peace. And it's just like, you know, the news just hyper focused, and the schools teach just this small segment of history or this small segment of criminality or 
racism or whatever that happens and they just blow it up to make it seem like this is happening everywhere 24 7 where that's just not the reality that's not again the reality being in an interracial family that i've ever seen again everywhere we go i've never seen anything but love and respect and that's the reality i think for most people walking out amongst their peers going to work going to whatever the mall going to the grocery store 99% of the interactions throughout our country and one of the most diverse countries in history is respectful and, you know, just without issue or concern. But it's that 1% that, you know, where we get some idiots out there doing stupid shit. And that's what we hear about 24-7. And that's what the news wants to play up. And that's what our... The algorithms, man. Yes, yes. Algorithms showing that stuff. Everybody's got cell phones. Everybody videos any weird or outrageous event and then it becomes the news and again repetition all that yep wonderful yeah i travel all the time i mean i'm all over this country and sometimes overseas throughout the year and talking to so many folks that are just fine and and you know you do go overseas a lot of folks that i have spoke to kind of think it's interesting <laughs> what yeah. happens in the United States. I it's I haven't been overseas for a couple of years as understood listen to what folks think about what's going on in Ukraine and things like that. But right. so going back to uh outreaching in Minnesota, I, I just had an idea. I thought of uh do they let political parties into schools like during like campaign time and stuff like that? I feel like I remember some or is it yeah. just candidates and things, you know, because I uh, guess that's, like college campuses. Yeah, the college campuses for sure. Um, and that's where we want to kind of start because that just seems to be kind of that's the easiest yeah, way right. in a little bit. Yeah. High schools, honestly, I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to do a little more due diligence, kind of looking into that as to how um, I don't know, say firsthand, if we could say go in there and give kind of a political speech. Well, we could potentially, if we find either a teacher or a student, most likely it'll have to be kind of a teacher and a student willing to start kind of a club. Yeah, okay. Freedom Freedom Club or whatever, or it's like a Freedom Book Club or something. And, you know, they've got all these different affiliate groups that they've already created for every other group out there. Um, if we would find the people willing to kind of initiate something like that, um, we would at least be able to start kind of that whatever freedom book club affiliate. You know, if you want to come learn and talk about freedom and liberty, come join our book club or whatever. And that that would probably be the best way or how we would kind of have to start something like that. And I only say that, too, because um, I had been a part of another organization called FAIR, which is Um, freedom against intolerance and racism. And that was a big part of what they were doing is trying to kind of push back against a lot of this teaching within schools. And that was ultimately how they had to um, start a lot of their um, high school clubs was basically by doing that, forming an affiliate group. Um, And with that, all you would need is just one teacher that would say be willing to kind of sponsor it, hold this classroom available, one student to kind of lead it and that's really all you would need to kind of get something like that started so there would be a lot of legwork to kind of at least get some of that started but most likely we would be able to take that avenue 
But like you had said, I don't think we would be able to walk in there like Mr. Libertarian candidate running for office and wanting to give my whatever. You'd be kind of creepy probably just walking up on the campus be like, hey, (laughs) you know, hey, you want to be a libertarian? It is similar to when we had to do petitions and things like that. You're walking up to door knocking on a random door and hey, this is who we are. What do you think? And you get a whole spectrum of responses. Absolutely. And I'm sure you'd get the same thing at a college campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah, not afraid. I, I think that's actually a great idea. We need to fish that out, right, and figure out who can. Uh, maybe I should sign up for college just for that. There you go. Need to go well, back. We, and get we've got uh, Greta. She's she's already um, spearheading. Um, the CD4, um, she's she's the um, congressional district affiliate coordinator, so she's kind of the one that kind of helps form a lot of the different CDs. But she's a relatively recent grad. Um, like for me, I'm an old man, so for me to go back on a college campus, like you said, would be a Creep. little creeper. <laughs> like what? the hell's this old dude doing here but like for her um she's still got friends um there's three main schools i can't remember what it is i think it was west davis st thomas and um one other college around here but they've still got friends kind of within there um so they're kind of starting to kind of find some of those avenues as to at least where we can get some plugins within those campuses. And then from there, hopefully get something started that we can at least kind of mirror and piggyback across other campuses there as well. Um, we just got to find that one to kind of be able to get our foothold in and kind of find kind of the proper processes and infrastructure to kind of put in place to get something like that going. Um, and then we'll be able to kind of spread throughout from there. Um, but the call or the high schools that was just initially um, the 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 position itself was specific to go after college campuses. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, only the seniors really are eligible to vote, anyways, and you definitely right. don't want to be no groomer types. Those right. kids are the kids, man. They should just be playing ball and having fun. Yeah. They don't yeah. need to be worried about politics yet. No. Yeah, yeah, but but a lot of them do. I mean, and you know, the demo, the DFL is going after automatic registration when you sign up to get your driver's license at 16. Let's yep. register you to vote in two years. But I guess that's the way it goes. Yeah. And that, that was just kind of how it came up a little probably organically was just kind of through discussion of that is just like, you know, a lot of these kids and that was just kind of Greta and some of them even talking as far as just by the time they even get to college, they're already kind of indoctrinated into a lot of this thinking because they are being groomed since elementary school and a lot of this, you know, mindset and this train of thought. And that was kind of where we had just said, well, ideally, yeah, if we could even get to them before college, before a lot of these, um, you know, this mindset kind of really sunk in and they got their meat hooks into these kids if we could at least kind of put up a little bit of a barrier there as to just another way of thinking and looking at the world through, again, the principles of freedom and liberty, um, I think our messaging overall would win out. It's just being able to get them that messaging. And then ultimately, that's kind of what I'm all about is like, all right, you guys want to teach them that way. That's great. But then just allow us a free, the same opportunity to teach them this way. And then let the free critical thinkers decide for themselves what makes more sense. And I'm only saying that because I'm confident that most people are going to agree that 
uh, yeah, no, I want to be free versus um, having somebody else decide how to live my life for me. So there's a uh, lot of black pills out there. A lot of folks thinking differently nowadays. And I know. I mean, I don't want to get sucked into that black pill thinking. I am as uh, optimistic as you are, Dan, and I really do. I, I I believe it. I think it's like when you show two plus two to somebody, they're going to say it's four, obviously, but the rest of the world is telling us it's five. So yes. let's make this decision here. Let's figure this out. When, what is a, one of the things before we, we've only got about 10 minutes left? Um, sure. What? What's one of the first things that you might want that anybody, right? Not just you as the outreach director, but direct us as to talking to a random person. What might be something that uh, the first words that you might want to say to somebody to try and persuade them to look into libertarianism and things like that. that that's one of the things. It's a combination of words and actions that every one of us could probably explain to another individual and get them on board. Just like right. you said. If you can explain two plus two, they're going to come on board. I, I feel like it, it just has to happen. But, you know, what what do you suppose, you know, maybe the world's smallest political quiz? That's one of our state fair hits, right? But right. I mean, is there something else that could be? Yeah, you know, it is. It is. that That's a great question. Um, and, and ultimately for me, um, it, it really does just kind of come down to, speaking on the principles of freedom and liberty um, no matter if they lean left or right um, I think I can point out both where I would agree with them on say where the left maybe provides lip service on social liberties but then I would say and push back on to as to okay you agree that people should be free to choose how to live their own lives but you don't think they should be free on how to choose how to spend their own money and then just kind of push down those lines a little bit. Well, this is why I don't agree with Democrats on financial issues, because just like you want them to be free how to choose to live their own life, I think they should also be free to choose how to spend their own money. Because um, I think at the end of the day, people just will consistently side on the side of freedom um, versus, again, when you put in that term of, do you think you should be able to force your views on other people? No, most people are going to at least, whether they are being honest or not, won't say that, no, I shouldn't be able to force my will, force my views on people. But when you put it in those terms as to, well, I just think people should be free. Um, I agree with you where they should be free here, but I'm consistent in my issues and my stance on freedom where I also think they should be able to make their choices in freedom here. You know, it'd be same on like on the Republicans as to, you know, okay, you think people should be free to spend their money however they see fit, right? Yeah. Well, how about on whatever, drugs or gay marriage or whatever, you know? And then, then that's when they might start pushing back a little bit. And it, same thing. It says, well, you believe in freedom, right? You believe people should be free to spend their own money. Well, I don't think anybody or any group of people should be able to force their views on other people. You think people should be able to force their views on other people? And so you don't believe in freedom? Well, no, I believe in freedom. And so that's where I always just come down to is just I, I don't get into the political weeds because that's where things can easily kind of get divided as to kind of picking and choosing what freedoms people should and shouldn't have. And that's where you just become Democrat or Republican right or light. Anyways, um, I just try and stay consistent on my 
principles of freedom and liberty and make them make the argument of why people shouldn't be free. And when you make people make the argument of why people shouldn't be free, just watch how uncomfortable they get and yes. watch how they squirm and watch the mental gymnastics. You can just see the gears turning in their head. Like, I know I don't believe this, but I know I'm supposed to say these things. Like people shouldn't be free to be able to spend their money because whatever, you know, and it's just being able to just ask those questions to kind of get those gears turning to get them to, argue against their own freedom is how I've seen really be able to kind of change people's minds and from there change their hearts. And that's where I think ultimately, you know, we can really start to convert people. Yes, sir. My, my favorite is taxation is theft. Getting, yes. Bringing that logical conclusion of, you know, the monopoly on force and you're going to put yep. a gun in my head and all these kinds of things like, oh, yeah. Yes. Dano, well, I uh, I appreciate your time. Joey, I, I sorry, I feel like I, we drowned you out this whole time. You got anything else to add? That's no, no, that's good. fine. I uh, I do a lot of thinking and a little bit of talking. It's a nice reversal <laughs> from when I'm not being recorded. <laughs> right Absolutely. on, brother. Well, well no, really appreciate you. Dan, you got anything else to plug? Um what what days do you know uh are you going to be out in the state fair i don't know if that's a good yes no yeah I, I mean obviously that's the big thing um is the state fair i don't know for sure yet i'm going to try and get out there as much as possible on the weekends um otherwise in the evenings after work i'm going to try and sneak out there um i think you had mentioned it earlier um too in some of the different events but um as far as part of the outreach um we do have also and I, i'm not sure exactly on the days it's bi-monthly um on sundays like every other sunday um where we hold just kind of a seven o'clock zoom call of just people willing to kind of learn about libertarianism and such so um, I, I, I apologize. I don't have those dates in front of me now. Um, but if anyone's interested, they should be, should be able to find some of that information on our website and such, but, um, yeah, just different avenues and different resources for people that might be new to the party, new to libertarianism, to speak to true libertarian libertarians and ask questions and just kind of learn more about who we are, what we're about, what we stand for and how, if they're interested, can get more active. Um, but that's yeah. something new we just started within like the last month too. Yeah, I can I can clear that up a little bit. Uh, yes, TJ, you you sort of mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Sunday, this Sunday, August twentieth at eight p.m. is our <laughs> virtual meet and greet Zoom call. You get uh, that from uh, lpmn.org. Yep, lpmn.org/events, and that should be in there. The Zoom link. Beautiful. Right on. And uh, so I actually have something to plug. Um, I'm hosting a kickball tournament. Yes. So sun Sunday, September 24th. It is a fundraiser for the North St. Paul food shelf. I'd like to get as many folks to show up. Uh, you know, I had quite grandiose ideas in the beginning. It's not shaping up to be as big as what I'd like to, but we're going to start just like uh, many other things like the libertarian movement. We're going to start small, but we're going to end finish really nice and hopefully make this an annual event. But either way, the North St. Paul food shelf can definitely use your help. Anybody that lives around North St. Paul, we could use some volunteers for drivers and, and helpers. Uh, it's only Monday through Friday in the morning. 
great folks learning, meeting a lot of great folks over there. So awesome. uh, I got nothing else. Thank you very much. You guys, this yes. is a great show. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks guys. Thank it's been you. fun. Thank you for joining us, Dan. Thank you.